0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports.
1: 1-1 one, one pitch, fastball pulled the best. Alvarez toward the corner. Get
2: up, Bob. get up. get out of here, Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at
0: cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league.
1: Where fantasy becomes reality.
0: Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Hey, you ready to talk some Roto baseball? We've got a Roto mock draft to... Recap for you here on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast on Monday, February 4th. The crappy Super Bowl is over. Does that mean it is officially fantasy baseball season, guys?
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) A lot of people making that claim on Twitter.com last night. I'd never heard that before, but sure, I could go with
0: that. All right, cool. We can dig that. It is is baseball season. It's always baseball season here at CBS. And what we're going to do is go through last week's draft. And try to come up with the best and worst picks of each round. But first I'm going to ask you for the best and worst picks of the entire draft. We have only one news item that's not really a news item. We have an email to read that's about food. Those are always fun. And we have more emails at the end of the show at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. I'm going to start with Mr. Scott White. What was your absolute most favorite wonderful pick from Friday's mock draft?
2: I actually am not sure it's not a pick you made in round six, Adam, uh, when you took... Actually, was it round six? Uh, That's the end of round five, so almost round six, but Joey Votto at that point was pretty good, I feel like, given that first base is one of the shallowest positions this year and Votto uh, is top tier. I think still, you can make the argument he's not, but I'll, I'll put him up there. And you, to get him almost in round six, I think is pretty good value. Um. Yeah, thank you. There's some picks I dislike more than I like in this draft, to be honest. It was a pretty by the book draft, uh, for the most part, but there were a couple reaches I thought later on in the draft. But that one's pretty good. The Votto pick.
0: Joey Votto, 58th overall. Yeah, just a, just a miserable season. I don't even think he reached, did he have double digit home runs last year? Yeah, he did He, like he got to a dozen. He got to 12. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's 35. Um, surge. and he, he had a 417 on base percentage and a 419 slugging percentage. So that was weird. Um, yeah. Is there a reason you think his, cause career high, hard contact rate, like everyone else
2: in the world, do you, th- is there yeah. a reason why he had such a big drop off last year, guys, Joey Votto? He traded off Fly balls for line drives. He that which is probably why part of the reason why he had a career high contact career high high contact rate. His line drive rate was already consistently high. It was absurdly high last year. Um, And he had some weird comments toward the end of the season, like he made an adjustment, expecting um, expecting him to age faster than he did, or or something. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, just going off memory but I, I think it probably had to do with that because then he had a late-season power surge, and I I have a strong feeling the power's still in there.
0: Okay, I hope so, because uh, the one thing that does concern me with Votto is that he was dreadful against lefties last year, uh, 260, 382 on base, but 376 slugging. That's a little concerning for a 35-year-old left-hander, but uh, yeah, I like to pick 258th overall for Joey
1: Votto. Chris, what was... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I do want to point out one thing with Votto. We've, we've talked a lot about this, um, the, the giant jump in league-wide hard contact rate last season. So I put together a spreadsheet on Google Docs that adjusts batted ball data relative to league average. Um, so it's on the same scale as OPS+, so 100 is average. Anything above that is uh, above average, obviously. And he was at 116 last year, which is pretty good. Um, 76th in baseball. 2017, he was 114. So, you know, might have been a career-high line drive rate, but relative to the changes around the league, I think it's worth noting um, he has had significantly better seasons before.
0: All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's Joey Votto. Chris, uh, what is your absolute most favorite wonderful pick from Friday's mock draft?
1: So my favorite pick, and, and it actually – Looks like it's kind of a reach based on ADP, which makes me think that I need to start drafting more of this guy. And that's AJ Pollock. He went in the middle of the eighth round, and that his ADP in FBC drafts is one sixteen. I think that's really good value for the upside that AJ Pollock brings in. The the biggest knock against him is the injuries, and when the biggest knock against the player is is injuries, I think that's a great time to buy into them because if he's healthy, I don't think there's any question that A.J. Pollock's going to be very good. And We've seen that guys who are undervalued because of injuries, there's a pretty good chance you can get a good return on them. Okay, yeah, yeah, I don't know
2: that I buy the premise because he's been pretty healthy the last two years. He just hasn't
1: been very good. Well, he no, he, but that's the thing is that he wasn't healthy last year because he came back from a fractured thumb. Before that injury, he was a monster. He was having arguably the best season of his career. Uh, and then he comes from back from that after about six weeks and can't really hit. Maybe we can just say that the full season numbers are what they are, but he hit two thirty six with mediocre power after coming back. He struck out a ton. The, I think the swing changes that he made were real, and when he's healthy, I think he's going to be a stud this year.
0: Alright, that's AJ Pollock, and I gotta say, outfield, I hate outfield. Especially in a five outfielder league. Outfield's terrible. Uh, it is, I don't, like, I used to think, oh, there's so many outfielders, you can just plug in your lineup at the end, you know, it's totally fine. Maybe that's the case. Maybe I'll feel that way at some point. But when I was doing this draft on Friday, I felt like I was just reaching, grasping at straws toward the end of the draft to find, like, Corey Dickerson went 201st, followed by Byron Buxton, followed by Kevin Kiermaier. I mean, these guys have been absolutely terrible at times. So, um, you know, if you can get an outfielder that has a chance to be great, where did Pollock go? He went 98th overall, 90th overall. Uh, yeah, that could work. Um, all right, my favorite pick was uh, in the fourth round. There were two pitchers that went close to each other. One was Luis Severino. The other was Noah Syndergaard. I think both of them have a chance to join that uh, elite tier. Severino was on his way, and he uh I don't know if he got tired, but his slider became very ineffective. His first 18 starts, Severino had a 198 ERA and a .95 whip. His last 14 starts, he had a 567 ERA and a 147 whip. And even with that, 14 dreadful starts for Severino, he was a top-10 pitcher. So I think Severino has a chance to finally put it together for a full season. I wouldn't say finally, because 2017, he had a great year. He just didn't have that many mm. wins. Um He's a top five. I think he's a top five pitcher, and you don't have to take him as a top five pitcher. That's Severino. Cindergard could be the best pitcher on a per-inning basis if he's right. We know he gets hurt all the time. But it's a roto league, uh, so injuries are more sustainable there. Uh, the fact that you you want an ace, you want a lead pitcher, if you can get it in the fourth round with Cindergard or Severino, I think that's terrific. And I like them both a lot better than Walker Bueller, who went in between them. Uh Okay. How about everybody's least
2: favorite pick? Scott, what was your least favorite pick in the draft? Oh, I have a couple candidates for this. And one of them's uh, mine, right? One of them is yours, yes. Yeah, so let's do that one, I guess, <laughs> since you brought it up.
1: <laughs> Round
2: right. 13. It's about halfway through the draft. Adam takes Brandon Morrow, uh, which oh. inspired me to ask him. You oh. do know Brandon Morrow's not going to be ready for the start of the season, right? Oh, I can't. Yes, and so what did I say? You said, yeah, I'm going to take Pedro Strope in the last round. Right. To which I responded, I don't know that he's going to be there in the last round. Oh, so it was, so a, a, I, ugh, it was a 20. I mean, wait. Go ahead. Where go ahead. I am with the Cubs closer situation. Uh, I mean, Brandon Marl wasn't the closer at the end of last season because he was still dealing with his elbow issue that he since had surgery to deal with, which is why he's not going to be ready for the start of the year. But Pedro Stroke was closing games at the end of last season for the Cubs, and he was pretty much true ninth inning guy. He's supposed to open this season as the Cubs' closer while they're waiting for Brandon Morrow to return. At least in theory, that's how long he'll be doing it. But I mean, he's been a reliable setup guy for a, many years now, and. The reports are Morrow's going to miss at least a month this year. It could be two months. It could be half the season, for all I know. I just feel like Pedro Strope's going to have a chance to establish himself as the guy so that they're not really going to care when Morrow comes back about putting him, moving him back into the role. I would actually at this point rather take Strope ahead of Morrow. And I wouldn't be taking either around 13 because at that point, uh, you still had. Let's see. Who went after that? Archie Bradley and Corey knebel They're not great choices because they're not yeah, true Who closer. is it? There's no Will great Smith. choice. The following round, Willis Will Smith, Cody Allen.
0: Yeah, uh, right. Cody, No great choices. Closer's terrible. Brandon Morrow was— Jordan Hicks. I'd I, rather have Jordan Hicks. This is a terrible pick for worst pick. Uh, Scott, I reject it. No. Because, because I, w- I should have gotten strobe. If I—he went—I didn't think he'd make it to the last round. He went in the second to last round. Uh, but so, the, I was going to take him two uh, picks so, later, and I so screwed your that up.
1: So argument is— Drafting a player who's hurt and may not be the closer because you didn't realize he was hurt. No, I knew he a was hurt. Good was not a bad pick because you should have drafted. Yeah, Pedro
0: I made a tactical error. I was going but to you take. Didn't. Well, hold on. First of all, I knew he was hurt. I knew he was hurt. I didn't. I never one second did not know that Brandon Morrow was injured. I just figured I'd take both Cubs closers. I lock up the Cubs closers, and that's fine. So I should have taken Strope 250th overall. I was going to take him 255th overall and he went 253rd. So I just reached a little bit earlier. My thought was like, who's going to take Pedro Strope? He's going to be the closer for a month. I was wrong in that regard. But, uh, I think I would invest the 13th and 20th, let's say, round on two Cubs closers and put one on the DL quickly.
1: Yeah, I don't, in a, in a league, this is a league that doesn't have bench spots. I, I don't think that. Well, that this league has been – every league has bench spots except
0: for those random leagues. Like, we have no bench spots. We didn't draft bench spots. I mean, we drafted
1: a league with no bench
0: spots. But I drafted it as if we have bench spots. Otherwise, nobody would have taken Shohei Otani. He went 163rd overall. Nobody would have taken anybody who was going to start in the DL.
1: Chris, what was your, your least favorite pick in the draft? I'll defend your honor from Scott's attacks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I – don't agree with Scott on the Jerks and Profile thing, and he went in the twelfth round. And I, I just don't think he's very good. Um, you know, if you look at like the expected stats either through Statcast or or various other sites, he would he was expected to be 153rd in wOBA. Uh, their expected stats have him as a 253 hitter. Their expected stats say that he actually got lucky when it came to power. Uh, and should have had a three ninety one slugging percentage i I just don't think it's there. I am not what are those numbers based on though StatCast, they their expected stats they're they take all similar batted balls and try to project what you should have hit based on where the ball was hit, how hard it was hit, et cetera, et cetera
0: Revenge of the nerds nerds. Well, but it's also <laughs> no, just, just, like kidding, this, just i
2: mean, it's not like he was making weak contact. It's not like he had a poor line drive rate, or uh you know, a frighteningly low fly ball
1: rate. It's not like he was hitting a ton of ground balls. I mean, he was 144th in hard contact rate among players who had at least 200. He wasn't great. It wasn't bad though. It was—it was by far his career best. Right, but he's been very bad in his career. <laughs>
2: he hits the ball to all fields. Uh I I just I don't see any way he's going to have a 269 BABIP again. Does not fit the profile whatsoever. Uh it's interesting you say that cuz I actually took ProFar directly behind my other candidate for worst pick which was Azdrubal Cabrera.
1: Yeah, I don't love that one either. Where you know, was that? Round 12 oh, for Azdrubal Cabrera. That's a terrible I mean, pick.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um he's a guy who Throughout his history, we've seen barely get drafted. He's in his mid thirties now. Oh, he's supposed to be the Rangers' starting third baseman for however long that happens. That's
0: so much um, worse than Brandon Morrow.
2: Scott, come on. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm. I don't. I. I'm not counting on Brandon Morrow for much of anything this year. So round thirteen.
1: Say, that's. I think his it's dribbles a little. Uh, he's. He's not great. But he's always pretty good. He's had a couple twenty homer seasons. Yeah, we'll he's hit that. twenty homers in two of the last three years. I think he's someone that you could expect to hit two seventy, two eighty. He's usually around fifteen homers, yeah. and he's he's, he's
2: usually less th- than th- two seventy, two eighty. He's not great. He <laughs> uh my least favorite
0: pick, and I, this one might be a little controversial. It's not as bad as uh, as the ones I think. As as uh it's not as bad as as Druble, but it's as far as I got. Um seventy eighth overall, Yasil Puig. I don't buy it with Puig. I, oh,
1: think, I love that pick.
0: Yeah, you know, I could see that. But I think if Puig is going to be worthy of a top 80 pick, he has to have a big boost in his home ballpark. Which he might. Um I just don't think he's that good. And I also worry about him playing on a bad team. And if he's just going to check out. I know they're trying to be good. But I don't think they will be good. I worry about him not being in the pennant race. Not being in a big market. Like, I worry about Yasiel Puig being stuck in oblivion and and just
1: just quitting, basically. I maybe that's not yeah, fair. I, I think that's super unfair. And also, I, he's been good the last two years, not for fantasy, but right? But that's just because of lineup order. No, it's because he has a bad batting average. He's. I mean, and he, doesn't, he doesn't stand out. That's average. Two sixty. 260, two sixty three. Two sixty seven. Like, I think the average last year. I, okay, I'll, I'll look it up. But no, I believe I'll tell you why it doesn't matter. That, because you got to
0: take the average of fantasy relevant hitters not the right, average that's, of hitters right
1: that's that's what i was doing oh that it matters that's why it matters uh i think <laughs> last year i'm i'm looking it up right now okay last year the third place team on average hit 273 in fantasy in roto League. okay so that's not like a 267 is not great but it's certainly not killing you and and we're talking about someone who you know in 444 plate appearances last year had 23 homers and 15 steals in 570 so neither was a full season he had 28 homers and 15 steals in
0: 2017 does he have upside does Yasiel does, does Puig have a lot of upside
1: yeah
2: scott real it's, quick if you're if you project out his numbers with the number of at bats you expect from a middle of the order bat it's it's hard to envision him not being at least a top thirty outfielder. At yeah, the oh, same time, yeah. I kind of understand your point, where there's always this feeling of we should know better than Yasuo Puig because he's let so many people down so often in the past. But, but I don't. I, I. It's earlier than I would have taken him, but I don't think it was a terrible pick. Uh, if you're he, a, optimistic he, um, about Puig. It's round seven.
0: Puig took. Uh, had 152 games in a, in 2017 and was the number 28 outfielder in points leagues and probably pretty similar in Roto, so he's not bad by no means. Uh, I would have taken. So I
1: probably even underestimated.
0: I would have taken Conforto what? ahead of him,
1: and he only started 135 games, and I think he was pulled in a bunch of those too because the Dodgers do stuff that other teams just don't.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. All right, I just. Not a fan, but okay. I guess I'm uh, alone there. All right, let's uh, let's so, move on. Since
2: we we can't agree on what a bad pick was in this draft, I think it's a pretty good indication that uh, everybody did a good job. Yeah, I would say right? so. Like there wasn't there wasn't anybody <laughs> who really looked like he didn't know what he was doing in it.
0: I hope. If anything, it was probably me. I feel very behind because I didn't do that much in January while I was out, and I just felt like that's why I ended up taking. All these bounce-back candidates. I have, like, Votto and Dozier and Darvish. D Gordon. D. Gordon. I have all the guys who sucked last year. I drafted the absolute best 2018 fantasy baseball team. <laughs> and I do want to talk about bounce-back candidates on tomorrow's show or uh, Wednesday, whenever we record our next show. Talk about guys that might bounce back. I think Dozier has a great chance to bounce back. Um, he's a frustrating player, but, you know, where did I take Dozier? Like, the fourth? 130th overall, round 11. Uh, I think think he could definitely return good value there. But anyway, that's tomorrow. Uh, News and notes, the Raiders could play their home games in San Francisco's Oracle Park. Remember, it's called Oracle Park now. That's the only news item I have. I haven't checked since this morning. Did I miss anything?
1: Uh, John Heyman sent out a couple tweets lately, making it sound like it's very unlikely that the Yankees will make an offer to Manny Machado, so... There's that. There's, there's a a mystery team. Okay. (laughs) Nobody knows who it is. There are eight teams in on Bryce Harper and the Mariner, the Indians acquired, uh, Nick Whitgren from the Marlins. So big news day. Oh, let me tell you another
0: great pick, by the way. So based on the premise that he might get traded to the Reds, hopefully Gary Sanchez went 49th overall. JT Realmuto went, where'd he go? Sixty fourth overall. Fifteen picks after Gary Sanchez. That's a that's good value. Good job on Real Muto. Okay, um email of the day is from Jared in Milton, Pennsylvania. Subject Pancakes, Waffles, French toast. I think I've decided why pancakes are first on my list. The ability to spread
2: butter. Putting butter on waffles is near impossible. (laughs) It's a great call. Um it's harder. You know what we've been doing lately? Have you ever heard of this? People who don't store their butter in the fridge—they leave it on the counter. No. So that it's always soft when you go to it. Apparently, it's okay. It's not like a hazard to your health or anything. It's
1: soft, softened butter is one of life's great pleasures.
0: Well,
2: so yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's 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 perpetually softened, so it's easy to spread on everything.
0: Well, I I go pancakes one, waffles two, French toast three. Um. completely wrong people like french toast a lot more than i thought
1: waffles french toast pancakes
2: i mean here's the thing there are good versions of all of these and bad versions of all of these and it probably to some degree depends on your experience with all of them right like i go pancakes number one yeah of course they're the best pancakes probably also have the lowest floor of the three of them
1: i think they have the lowest ceiling (laughs) because like there's a place where by where i used to live that had like the best pancake I've ever had in my life. And It was good. <laughs> you know what? It's it's a texture thing. Like I want a little, I want a little of a, you know, a browned edge, a little crunch. Yeah. Pancakes have a delicious, fluffy texture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I look. There's there's a house of pancakes. There's a Waffle House. Like French toast is not even good enough to have its own dedicated restaurant. Oh,
1: you've <laughs> never been to the French Toast Chateau. <laughs> <laughs> no I, <laughs> I must have missed that one. Uh uh driving on the had,
2: highway. Like in the last year I had a waffle at Waffle House for the first time ever. It's terrific, right? It doesn't look like much, but it's delicious. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Don't yeah. go to
0: don't go to Waffle House after dark. It's a scary place. Um all right, we're gonna get into the best and worst pick of every single round, or as many as we can get to anyway. Right after this.
3: Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
0: So, first question for you about this draft. How many, when you're doing a five by five roto draft, it was 12 teams, five by five, and that's batting average, home runs, RBIs, runs and steals, wins, ERA, whip, strikeouts and saves. How many categories are you actively worrying about
2: out of the 10 i don't ever worry much about runs in rbi yeah those are Uh, yeah i figure if i'm balancing my power and my speed it'll it'll more or less take care of itself that's not always true but uh it just makes things easier to process in the heat of the draft so I'm mostly worried about balancing home runs and steals while also not sinking my batting average. That's mainly what I'm concerned about on the hitting end. Oh, I thought you were going to say sinking your battleship. That would have been so much better. <laughs> but, yeah. I, and then on the pitching end, I'm honestly, I just try and build the best staff I can while still hitting my hitting priorities.
1: I'm not really worrying about wins. That's the one. And ERA and whip. Those fluctuate so much from year to year, and there's so much that's not based on skill that goes into it. That I'm probably more worried about targeting upside with ERA, but also strikeouts and innings pitched.
0: Yeah, I guess I would just say there are some pitchers that you know are gonna are probably going to be high whip guys, uh, like yeah. like Darvish in the past. I mean, yeah, even if Darvish gets back to himself, he's never been a great whip guy. I don't think. You know Marcus right. Stroman's bad whip. Um, so just there are some pitchers. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think you said it. Runs and RBIs. You don't have to really focus too much on it. I would,
1: I would throw home runs in there too. It's so easy to find power nowadays that my primary focus is finding guys who won't kill me in average, uh, unless they're like if you know Joey Gallo. If you think he's going to hit 48 home runs, but finding average and finding stolen bases because I, I just feel like you can find. Uh, home runs RBI and runs
2: you know what I made that mistake last year though like by far my worst category consistently across my roto leagues was home runs when mm-hmm. uh, you know I was drafting a bunch of guys like oh he's gonna hit you know twenty twenty five home runs I'll be fine so like, I, I I actually have emphasized getting like a Chris Davis or a Joey Gallo this year I actually got both in this draft
3: because I,
2: I want You know, the 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 thing about more home runs being available is you need a lot more to keep up.
1: Yeah, so I I put together what I think is a pretty cool tool for sports line that'll be available for subscribers in the next couple of weeks. Basically you while you're building your team, you track the players that you have and it automatically fills in projections and tells you what your like projected standing in each category is, where you need help, where you're you're doing okay in and home runs are by far my weakest for this team, um, but the overall team, even the overall offense, is really good. So I, I feel okay about that. All right, let's go through the draft. So
0: I, I cannot sit here and say we're going to get through everything. We'll see what we get to. I want people to feel comfortable with uh, early round picks, maybe the first five rounds. I want you to see how it shapes out and shakes out. Shapes up, shakes mm-hmm. out, and um now I said I said
2: this draft was mostly by the book. I think the first round is really the exception to that. It's I had it's
0: kind this, of wacky. I had the tenth pick and I sort of felt like there were eight or nine players that I would have easily taken and then they were all off the board and I totally panicked and maybe reached with the tenth pick, but but I felt like depending on how you feel about Trey Turner, uh he would be the ninth. I feel like the top nine picks will be fairly consistent. Here we go, uh, but not in, not in the order, but consistent with the names. Uh, Heath took Mookie Betts one because that's what Heath does.
2: Chris took. <laughs> we haven't had a draft in we, 2019 yet. Where Trout went first? <laughs> we we talked about it, Heath,
1: so mission accomplished.
2: <laughs> uh, Mookie Betts one, Mike Trout two to Chris.
0: Great great value, Chris. Good Just job. Best pick of the draft <laughs> right there. Jose Ramirez three, Fran uh not Francisco Lindor four, Trey Turner four, Lindor yep. five, and then Jose Martinez <sighs> JD Martinez six, sorry. <laughs> Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Jose Ramirez, Trey Turner, Lindor, and Jose Martin. <laughs> JD Martinez. <laughs> Scott, you uh your write up about this draft was largely about Trey Turner going forth ahead of Ladore yeah. You didn't like it.
2: Well, that was going to be the most eye-catching thing. He's kind of the one. The Trey Turner pick is what really uh, threw the wrench in the finely oiled machine that is the first round. And look, a year ago, Trey Turner, pick four, wouldn't have even raised an eyebrow. But at that point in time, we were thinking he had like 70 steel potential because that's what we were projecting the totals out over a full season. He was coming off an injury play deer. Well, the Nationals had a new manager last year. They didn't let him run as much. I He still finished tops in the National League in steals, but it was closer to 40. And considering he's not a standout really in anything else, except maybe runs just because of where he bats in the lineup, Uh, I don't think that's where you need to be drafting him. I'm fine with him late in the first round, but there are some really big bats you're passing up to take him fourth overall.
1: And it it really just comes down to stolen bases. We went over this before last year, and he was kind of a disappointment. He was still very good, but he hasn't developed into the complete hitter that we thought he would. And so if it's the difference between 40, 44, 45 steals and 60, I think that's the difference between Trey Turner being an early first rounder and and honestly maybe being a second rounder.
0: He could get back there, right? I mean, we're not gonna not gonna bury him. I mean, he had 21 steals in 66 games after the All
1: Star break for that. What that's it's, worth? It's I think it's, <laughs> it's entirely, entirely lineup. Ass. I think it's entirely lineup based. 43 really steals based for him. Based on what he's done in his career, he's played 220 games as a leadoff hitter. He's stolen a hundred bases. That's basically. Right around a 70 steal pace. Uh, he's batted nine, he started 90 games at second in the spot, oh, Lord, second in the lineup, and he's stolen 17 bases. That, that to me, there, there's a pretty big sample size there that if he's hitting leadoff, he's gonna steal a lot of bases. And if he's not, he'll still be among what the league leaders did last year, but I think it puts a cap on his ceiling, and I don't think he can be, uh, a, a top five player without it. Okay. So after the top
0: six, we have number seven, Nolan Arenado. Scott took Jose Altuve. I was praying he would make it to me at 10, but he didn't. Uh, nope. Altuve, eight. And then I was praying that Scherzer would make it to me at 10, but he didn't. He went ninth. And then I took Christian Yelich, 10th.
1: Which uh, is me... in in... What's it? Let me
0: read 11 and 12. Uh Harper 11, Bregman 12. I guess the only thing I'll say about Yelich there's not one player who went after him that I could say I definitely should have taken this guy over Christian Yelich cuz he is going to help you in five categories. He's going to be you know great in batting average, hopefully runs. He's not going to be great in steals or homers. Uh, maybe well, he
2: stole 22 bases last year, so that's that's. Not I mean, great. a twenty steal guy. No, it's. But how many how many great B-stealers are there, particularly ones that help you in other categories?
0: I spent about twenty minutes, thirty minutes crunching Christian Yelich numbers after I took him on Friday. I did that on Saturday just to see if it was such a crappy pick, and I basically came away with this: he has to hit thirty or more home runs for him to return first round value. It's that simple to me. You guys agree? Disagree?
1: Mm. I think, I, actually, I think he
2: will if he hits. Thir- I think he will return first round value if he hits thirty or more home runs.
1: I, I have a, a tool that does that. I could probably punch the numbers in and see, but I'm skeptical he's going to hit thirty home runs again. Yeah, yeah I'm skeptical too. That's, that's why I didn't. Center. That's why I didn't like the pick.
2: <laughs> but I, I thought you made a good point. Like, there's nobody who you after him who's like this guy's clearly better. I mean, I have Bryce Harper ahead of Yelich, but I mean Harper has his issues. Bregman's coming back from an, uh, what is it, elbow surgery. Yep. Acuna, a lot of people are taking Acuna in the middle of the first round. He didn't go until till the second pick of round two. But there's a lot of question marks there, too. There's a, a lot of projection being factored into where those people are taking him. And I know Chris and I both are skeptical that he really is going to return first round value.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I, here, here, yeah. Here's something that can make you feel better. His ADP and NFBC draft since January first is seventh. Yelich. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Harper is seventeenth, uh, which is shocking. I'm gonna yeah. tell you I'm gonna tell you a guy that I think I would I think deserves to be in the consideration. He one hundred percent is to me in an OBP league. And please don't call me a homer because I thought he was gonna be a huge bust last year, but I really think I'd take Aaron Judge in that spot if I could do it again, and he Judge ended up going uh twentieth overall. But I, I like
2: Yelich more,
0: I think but. he backed it up. I mean, first of all, he's not a total dud in steals. Judge is like a 10-steal guy. He Final numbers weren't as good as they could have been, but first 99 games before his wrist injury, you take his 99 games before the wrist injury, give him 162, he's on pace for 285 batting average, 43 homers, 100 RBIs, 115 runs, 10 steals, 947 OPS. So he, to me, is guaranteed 40 home runs, well over 200 RBIs and runs combined, and a respectable batting average. A great OBP. So I think, I think he can be a first-round pick, Aaron Judge. If I were to do it again, I would have taken him, and then you guys would have said it was the worst pick in the draft.
1: <laughs> no concern that uh, each of his last two seasons have kind of ended with either a, a lingering injury or the after-effects of a serious injury? No, because he had the shoulder issue in 2017, right? Yeah, and that came and like around surgery? the All Star break, and then broke his wrist last year.
2: He got hit mm-hmm. by a pitch, so no, I don't, I don't think so. Right. I, I'm not. I just think he has such a thin margin for errors. So I'm still like I'm not as concerned about him this year as I was going into last year, but he strikes out so much that if he's just not hitting the ball as hard, you know, league leader type hard for whatever reason,
1: it could still uh. Go bad for him. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's what we've seen with Chris Davis and Giancarlo Stanton and, and guys like that, where Chris Davis with a C with a C, yeah, there which is you know one of the closest analogs to what Aaron Judge has done with the the really good Chris Davis seasons. But there's a lot of fluctuation between the good and the bad seasons for those guys, and you know Ryan Howard too. Like Ryan Howard's MVP season was basically what Aaron Judge did as a rookie. And he never did that again, and we saw some real fluctuation even before he fell off the map. So it's just—it's a high-variance play.
0: It's a good point. Uh, I would say that in an OBP league, he's a lot safer. Um Sure. Okay, so let's go to round two. Machado, Acuna, Sale, DeGrom, Goldschmidt, Trevor Story. Machado, Acuna, Sale, DeGrom, Goldschmidt, Story— Verlander, Judge, Stanton, Blackman, three outfielders back-to-back, Freeman, and Snell. Verlander, Judge, Stanton, Blackman, Freeman, Snell. Those are the last picks of round two. This is available on the website, by the way. If you have the opportunity to follow along, it might make things easier on you. Guys, uh best pick, worst pick? What stands out to you? Chris, I'll throw it to you first. Round two.
1: I don't really think there's a best pick or worst pick here. This is about as chalky as a second round can go. I think everyone... It's hard to find any fault with any of the picks. I think Story and Snell are risky, um, just because they don't have the track record to back it up. But the upside is certainly there. I think Snell's probably the worst pick of the the round for me, but I know a lot of people disagree and are just completely bought in. Um, Team, Cleese, I just
2: turn it on each other. That was his pick.
1: <laughs> I think he's a, you know, what we were talking about with Aaron Judge. I think Blake Snell could be that kind of pitcher. You know, the margin for error with him is really slim. If he starts losing some of that newfound control and if he starts, you know, he goes back to being just a four walks per nine guy instead of the three walks per nine guy he was last season. There's some real risk that that things could go south for him. I'm not saying I don't like him. I just probably like him more in the fourth round.
0: Alright, Blake Snell. So I'm never going to draft Blake Snell. Yeah, no, you're not. 24th overall. Nobody's there, that's for sure. Chris took, uh, Corey Kluber two spots after he took Blake Snell. Aaron Nola went right after that. Scott, was there a pick that stands out? You
2: know, we spent so much time talking about Trevor's story. We do. We do. I mean, that is, cause that's the fir- this is the first time I think we've seen him go in round two, which I think he's more deserving of going in a, a lot of times. We're talking about him because I'm talking about how good of a pick he was in round three. Uh, my pick was Paul Goldschmidt. At 5th pick of round 2 And so I think you remember after last Mock we did I said I'm going to start I I think the ideal start For somebody picking in the back half Of the first round is Altuve 1 Goldschmidt 2 for position Scarcity reasons and that's how I started This draft Altuve round 1 Goldschmidt Round 2 I'm really happy with the way My team turned out this is my favorite team I've drafted so far
0: Do you think Goldschmidt is a base dealer He only stole 7 bases last year
2: I'm not counting on it, but, I mean, obviously he has that in his history, so it's, it's, it's even another reason to be excited about him in round two. Let's go to
0: round three. Andrew Benintendi, Corey Kluber, Aaron Nola, Juan Soto, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo. So I'll read, I'll read them six at a time and then I'll repeat them. Benintendi, Kluber, Nola, Soto, Baez, Rizzo. Those are picks 25 through 30. Witt Merrifield, Karis Davis, Starling Marte, Carlos Correa, Chris Bryant, and Trevor Bauer. And the final six picks of round three are Merrifield, Chris Davis, Starling Marte, Carlos Correa, Chris Bryant, and Trevor Bauer. This round was anything but normal, I guess. Like This round much more interesting than round two
2: uh Scott picks that stand
0: out to you as either really good or really bad. Uh,
2: I I don't know that I had the same reaction you did. I thought it, I thought it was pretty Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. I um, think I said it wrong. Because okay.
0: um it's just there are a lot If we had a conversation about the 12 guys in round 2 and a conversation about the 12 guys in round 3 like each one by one, the round 3 conversations would take like an hour longer. Oh, okay. are so interesting
2: players being Yeah, taken. they're much more yeah, interesting I, players. I, I think Carlos Correa, your pick in round three, is my least favorite of the round.
0: Oh, what? What? <laughs> I was the best pick? <laughs>
2: Come um, I. I just think shortstop is so deep, and there's a lot of risks taking a guy who had his season wrecked by a back issue. Um, You know, back, those, those are tricky. Those can linger for years. So I... I Obviously, it could turn out great for you. He could end up being a value here. We've seen him be a first-round pick in the past. It's just not a risk I'm willing to take in round three. So that was probably my least favorite. My, I was, hey. uh, I took uh, Chris Davis, Kyrus Davis, two picks earlier, and I was at the time really regretting it, thinking it was probably going to be my worst pick of the draft. I was debating between him and Starling Marte, who went with the very next pick, but I didn't really want Marte. Because I hoped to get out Adal- of Alberto Mondesi in round four, which, by the way, I did. Uh, but it turned out okay because I got Mondesi, and because I was able to make up for Cairo's K- batting average later. But I don't love it. Uh, he is obviously an elite power hitter, but the fact he's confined to DH only this season—that—that—that uh, that, uh, that makes it a little harder to justify taking him so early.
0: All right, Chris. final Thoughts on round three?
1: I obviously don't like the Andrew Benintendi pick at the first pick of the third round. I think that's obvious. Heath wants him on his team. That's the only chance he's going to get him picking 12 or set first. So, Trees. I, I know guess you this have to great. reach, but I just I I don't think Benintendi. I don't think there's the the latent potential for Benintendi to take this huge step forward that Heath does. So, um, I disagree with that pick. I don't love the. Aaron, I, I think we might be getting a little overzealous on Aaron Nola. He was the sixth starting pitcher taken. Uh, he's the sixth starting pitcher in overall ADP. I'm not sure. Scott, what do you think?
0: Six, number <coughs> six starting pitcher, Aaron Nola?
2: I was I was trying to do the meme of the guy who looks like uh, Kerry Yule's but isn't him. You know, the blinking guy. I was trying to make that face. Not a clue. Because I was, well, because Chris was so high on Arundola last year. I, I actually kind of agree with that. He's scarier than even Snell uh, because he had Babbitt and home run luck last year. I don't really have a problem with him going in round three, but maybe it's a little different order than I'd take the starting pitchers.
0: Uh, by the way, Benintendi is going to bat leadoff in 2019. Uh, he hit second mostly last year. He will bat leadoff. Mookie Betts will. That second, I think we actually have an email about that, which I plan to read on tomorrow's show. All right, we're done with round yeah. three. Yeah, I don't is think
1: that C- really changes his outlook much.
0: No, is it's-
2: Carrie Yule's how you say that guy's name? No, I think it's L.
0: El- Ellis. That's who you're talking about. It, that's
2: how it's spelled, but I don't think that's how it's said. Uh, you no, know, Princess Bride.
0: Yeah, I think that is Saul. how it's said. Uh, it's Olani. actually it's
1: it's actually pronounced Fred Savage. <laughs> it's a common mistake.
0: <laughs> okay, how do you pronounce? All right, I'm going to Google it. How do you pronounce? Carrie Ellis. Okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. So let's go to round four. <coughs> oh, shut up, Chris. Round four. I'm fine, thank you. Garrett Cole, Clayton Kershaw, Vladimir Guerrero, uh, senior, Cody Bellinger, Adalberto Mondesi, Anthony Rendon. That's your first six. Garrett Cole, Kershaw, Guerrero, Bellinger, Mondesi, Rendon. Oh. Wait, did I go too far? Cole Kershaw Guerrero, Bellinger, Modesty nope, Rendon. That's half the there you rant. Go.
2: Okay. That's half the rant.
0: Uh, then we had the picks I mentioned at the top of the show. Severino, Reese Hoskins, Walker Bueller, Noah Sindergaard, Kane, Lorenzo Kane, and Matt Carpenter. Uh, that would be Severino, Hoskins, Bueller, Sindergaard, Kane, and Carpenter. Okay. How do we feel about these picks?
1: We are getting way over our skis on Walker Bueller.
0: Well, that's yeah. That's kind of why I like, like Severino and Cindergaard because they went right around him. Yeah, like I, I get
1: it. The talent is great, but is the talent better than Noah Cindergaard's? Like, is the stuff better than Noah Cindergaard's? I don't think there's. Like it might be as good, but even that's asking a lot. Um Cindergaard obviously has injury issues, but. Walker Buehler's, what, three years removed from Tommy John surgery and has, you know, a a big innings jump ahead of him, I think there's a chance that we get a couple of phantom 10-day DL stints for him. So the best case scenario for Syndergaard, I think, is a lot better than it is for Walker Buehler. And I'm not sure he's any safer.
0: Uh, Kerry Elwes, by the way, is how you pronounce it. Scott, your thoughts on round four? Yeah, I just saw an interview. I'm (laughs) Kerry Elwes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, I'm, I think I'm going to be the high guy of this group on Bueller, but I agree you shouldn't go ahead of Severino or Sindergard. Um I don't like the Matt Carpenter pick in round four, particularly in a roto league where the walks, you're not going to get any credit for the walks because I feel like that's really the only thing pushing him into high-end territory in a great, in, you know, in a good, healthy scenario for him. Uh, Cody Bellinger in round four also seems like a very optimistic pick. Certainly has that kind of upside, but he was nowhere near that production a year ago. My favorite pick's probably mine, honestly. Mondesi. I think he should probably go in round three in a standard five-by-five lead. You're going to tell me that Mondesi is a better pick than my pick of Vladimir Guerrero, who you have called the greatest hitting prospect since Babe Ruth? Yeah, because it's third base, and it's so deep, and I— I think there are plenty of. You, you, you're still going to be very happy at third base if you wait longer than this place to fill it. Scott, uh, can I ask your Ad, question? Adalberto Mondesi is going to carry me in steals for fourth round price tag. Usually those kind of guys, round what? Around round two.
1: Scott. Yep. Yeah. Who's more likely to be playing in AAA on June 1st? Ra- Raul Mon- or Adalberto Mondesi or Vladimir Guerrero? Which junior? Uh, I don't think either are. Answer the question, <laughs> I actually think Guerrero's more likely to,
2: just because the Blue Jays haven't called him up yet. I Mondesi is a great defender, and the Royals have nobody else. So That's why would point. they send him to AAA? Uh, all
0: right, I want to say
1: one thing about he Bellinger. he might not be good at baseball.
0: Bellinger, I think it's basically going to come down to, can he hit lefties? Because he was terrible against lefties last year. He batted .226, he slugged .376. But for Bellinger in 2017... He was outstanding against lefties. He was basically as good against lefties as he was against righties. So I said, looked at his minor league history. Has he struggled against lefties? Well, at some stops he was awful, at some stops he was great. I don't think I have a great feel on Cody Bellinger and whether or not he could hit lefties. Why does this matter? Well this I think is something Chris can look into and in terms of how much the pitchers have changed. This sounds like a Chris Towers assignment in the uh in the NL West. But last year, um the top four teams in baseball in at-bats against lefties were the Giants, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Rockies. The Padres were sixth. So all five NL West teams were in the top six in at-bats against lefties. The year before that, one of the teams was like 13th, but but the other four, including the Dodgers, were all like top eight. So I thought that was so fascinating. He faced so many lefties and it's two years in a row for the Dodgers. If Bellinger hits lefties, he's going to be awesome. If he doesn't, that's too early for him. Uh, round five. Gary Sanchez, George Springer, Daniel Murphy, Ozzy Albies, Carlos Carrasco, Eugenio Suarez. Gary Sanchez, George Springer, Daniel Murphy, Ozzy Albies, Carlos Carrasco, Eugenio Suarez. Uh, next six Corbin, Granky, Bogarts, Vado, Clevenger, Corey Seager. Corbin, Granky Bogarts, Votto, Clevenger, Corey Seager. Uh Chris, standing standout picks, good or bad in round 5.
1: Gosh, I don't know if there's any standouts here. It all seemed this is another round that seems pretty chalky. Um
2: All right, well, I
0: can ask you what do you think of
1: I I I don't love and it was my pick. I'm I'm not sure what to think about George Springer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not a great um, category guy.
1: Yeah, like I don't think he's going to help you in stolen bases, but I I actually do think he could be a really good four-category player if everything comes together, and we haven't seen a season where it's all come together for him. Um, so I think there might be still a little more upside there than we think. Um, but if not, he's sort of ordinary.
0: I think it's worth noting that I don't think there was an outfielder drafted – you took Springer 50th, and the next outfielder off the board was Tommy Pham at 66. So when I see something like that, it makes me feel like you got the end of a tier, which is usually a good thing. Um, but I think Daniel Murphy going 51 overall needs to really be discussed. He's obviously he's second-base eligible. He'll be first-base eligible uh, for the Rockies. He's, he's on the Rockies. Uh, mm. Still, it feels a little early to me, but... I see the reason
2: he's been going. Yeah,
0: I I see the reason for excitement. He was very good late and he's obviously on Colorado. The dude is always hurt.
2: Yeah, no, there's I I mean, he's if he's healthy, he's winning the batting title in Colorado. Just the batting ball profile in that environment. It's it's just like a match made in batting average heaven. But it's a big F. And, you know, him going before Scooter Jeanette is hard for me to justify. He went around before him, I think that should probably be flipped where Jeanette's going around ahead of Murphy just for uh the the health concerns, okay, so I agree with you there
0: all right, Scott what picks pick or pick stood out? Oh, pick what pick stood out, round five
2: um. So, obviously, I talked about your Votto pick already. I like that. Corey Seager in round five. Again, it seems too early to me. Shortstop has a lot of depth. And um, let me see if anybody sank there. Maybe shortstops just all went really early this draft. You know what? That, yeah, that Segura may have went at
1: the top of the sixth.
2: Yeah, that may have happened. There may have just been a earlier run on shortstops than had happened in our previous mock drafts. So, I'll go easy on the Corey Seager pick.
0: All right, we can move on. I think it's a great pick. 60th overall for Corey Seager.
1: I mean, this, we were taking him 15th overall a year ago. And he's not... I don't think we expect him to be a different player, assuming he's healthy. So that seems like a nice injury discount. I look at And he was being overdrafted last year. Uh, I will point out that because our
2: last podcast we talked about how I wanted to draft three pitchers in the first six rounds, I think it was. I took my first tier in round five. Zach Greinke, who I consider an ace. So I barely got one from that group, but I did, and I'm happy about that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, Corbin, Granke, and Clevenger all go in the second half of round six, and I feel like one of them is going to be a huge bust this year. But you could probably say that about any three pitchers. <laughs> My I, money I'm would st- be
2: on Corbin of the three. Oh, did you, wait, was Clevenger part of that yeah, group? Yeah, yeah. Either way, I'd say Corbin has the most bust potential.
0: Alright, let's do uh let's finish the show with emails. We'll pick up that's sixty picks. I feel I feel comfortable with that. Let's finish the show with some emails here. Um, at fantasy baseball at cbsi.com and where are we here? Where are my damn emails? Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com, here we go. Hello emails. Brando his name is Brandon, but he had a typo on his own name, so I wanted to shame him for that. <laughs> Brando. Brando from South Dakota. Ten-team mixed head head categories league. I can keep up to six, and those become my first six picks. So with that said, who am I throwing back? There are eight players, so you have to throw two back. Gary Sanchez, Anthony Rizzo, Jose Ramirez. I'm going to go ahead and remove Jose Ramirez
2: from this list.
0: Uh, Trey Turner. Jordan is going to go ahead and remove Trey Turner. Right, they're obvious keepers.
2: Oh, because you're keeping it.
1: Okay.
0: So now we're down to six and pick four to, to keep and two to throw back. Gary Sanchez, Anthony Rizzo, George Springer, Reese Hoskins, Michael Conforto, and Jack Flaherty.
1: There's not even a question for me. Like, it'd be nice to have a pitcher, but I don't think Jack Flaherty's such a can't-miss guy that you're turning down any of these guys. So it's Conforto and Flaherty. That oh, you're the putting point. back, yep. yeah. I, I don't think there's even a, a debate for me.
2: No, I mean, the only debate was should you keep less than six, but I don't think you should. The weakest of the ones you're keeping is Gary Sanchez, uh, Round t- a 10-team league. I, I think you still keep him.
0: Okay, from Jeff. It is rather odd to me how many people have a hard time differentiating between a player no longer being what he once was and a player being fantasy-relevant. One stark example of this is Andrew McCutcheon. There's no doubt he's not competing for MVP anymore. However, he is far from washed up. McCutcheon hit 20 home runs and batted 255 last year. The overwhelming majority of those games came in one of the most pitcher-friendly parks in the big leagues. Is it crazy to think McCutcheon's average in home runs will go up playing in Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia? I'm thinking 270-plus and 30-plus home runs is a very real possibility for McCutcheon, which makes him an absolute bargain for where he's going. And I will just say to Jeff, McCutcheon went 149th overall in our Roto Draft.
1: And that's about where he's going uh in n f b c so I, I think that's a pretty good place to peg him and I think he's a nice value there, yeah, I think Ryan braun's another more extreme one. I think he's going a lot later, but you know the skills have not deteriorated as much as the perception of them, and I think that is a real i think fighting perception versus actual value is a real thing
0: yeah, I think McCutcheon's um uh, best skill is his ability to get on base. So does your league count that? That's the first thing you need to know with McCutcheon. But also the ballpark matters. I wish we yeah. had a bigger sample in Yankee Stadium. He hit he only played eleven games in Yankee Stadium. He did hit two home runs, one double and one triple. He had a two twenty ISO, but he only batted two twenty five. So I wish
2: we had more yeah. I think Pittsburgh's not, gonna
1: be great for him.
2: Pittsburgh's not such a great place to hit either. Doesn't have a stronger reputation. as like San Francisco. It's not as bad as San Francisco, but it's it's not good. Left well, so, feels pretty uh, big out there. Philadelphia is uh, obviously a great place to hit. And just two years ago, before the year in San Francisco, uh, McCutcheon hit 28 home runs. So it's you know I'm I'm if you put send the over under at 30, I'm taking the under. But it's certainly in the within the realm of possibility.
0: All right, Luke in Illinois, want to get your quick thoughts on a rule change. Uh We're going to be changing a win from 7 points to 5 points and a quality start from 3 points to 5 points. Essentially, a win and a quality start still nets you 10 points, but they are even. It both are 5 points. And, um yeah, okay, that's it. Not sure how much this matters to you. That's kind of the gist of it. He also did something with losses, I think. Uh I ah, forget it. So what do you think? 7 points for wins, 3 points for quality starts. That's the standard. But Luke is changing to five for each. I applaud it's,
2: it. It's all right, I fine. guess. I mean, I feel like that's kind of rewarding the same thing twice over. Because, uh, you know, if you're getting the innings for a quality start, if you're preventing the runs to get a quality start, that's obviously going to help the scoring. But the,
1: but the current standard is also.
2: Yeah, just not as much. Um, it's fine. I don't. I don't have any real objections to it.
0: All right, this is from Max. I've got the first overall pick in a keeper, NL only Stratomatic, Strato—is that what it's called? Strato League. Yeah. For the first season, we will use player cards from 2018. Should I get Yelich or DeGrom to cash in on their good 2018 years, or go for someone like Acuna?
1: Scott, I feel like you have more experience with this kind of league than I do, right? <laughs> well, I've never played it. Before. Okay, I've never played one either. Um...
3: I mean,
2: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Jelic and DeGrom are both young enough that you're going to be happy with them for several years.
1: I generally think when you're looking at a dynasty or keeper league, unless there's a 10-year gap in age or unless one of the guys is like well into his 30s, take the guy who's better now. Yeah,
2: I mean, Acuna's obviously really good, too, and it would just depend so much on the specifics of how it works to keep players. Like, if you're keeping Acuna for cheaper, then obviously that swings the—tips the scales in his favor. But if it's all on equal terms, I might just stick with the reigning Cy Young MVP winner.
0: Last one is from Tony Bagadonuts in New Beige, Massachusetts. I'm trying to delve a little deeper into advanced stats this offseason as I set my rankings— Would you briefly address war as a stat, and could you explain why Matt Chapman and Kyle Freeland finished higher in war than Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, and Christian Yelich in 2018? Why did Matt Matt Chapman Chapman and Kyle Freeland uh, finish higher than those studs?
1: Kyle Freeland had a really good season in terms of run prevention, so that's a pretty easy explanation, especially in the park he pitched in. in. Um, Matt Chapman is maybe the best defensive player in baseball right now, And he had a really good season as a batter once you account for the fact that the Coliseum's a really tough place to hit in. Uh, He's, I think in terms of skill set, there's not that big of a difference between him and Nolan Arenado. I think most of the difference is where they hit. Okay,
0: guys, we're out of here. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back either tomorrow or Wednesday to talk a little bit more about this draft and read some emails at at CBSI.com. Talk to you then.